The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary, the podcast about tending the soul of women, sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary Podcast. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman, and today I have a very special guest, one of my nearest and dearest sisters, Jacqueline Frost Robinson. And uh, Jacqueline is a full-time creatrix and mistress of pleasure. Love that. Jacqueline Frost Robinson is currently embodying her unique signature of arrows on the coast of wild and beautiful Maine, along with her partner and love of 28 years. More than a decade of study and practice in the deep feminine arts of mysticism, intimacy, and sensuality have infused into her being a bold and decadent engagement with even the most subtle nuances of life, all of which serve her richly during this unprecedented time in our world of birthing the new self on every level. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thank you. I love this. I love this too. I love being in conversation with you as we have mm-hmm. for years. Lifetimes. Ooh, yeah, lifetimes, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me what's happening in this lifetime in this moment. Oh my gosh. It's it's literally the unimaginable, as you um, you actually know all of the nitty gritty ins and outs, and uh, to be here now with my partner of twenty eight years, to have made it where we are. There's been a lot of dismantling and deconstructing, really, literally burning it down, and it feels like we're in the pause. We're not rebuilding. We're not trying to make something happen. We, we are in the pause in my relationship and in my, myself personally. Mm-hmm. This pause is literally on purpose. It's intentional. It's the time during which I'm integrating, especially the last four years of massive movement in the underworld and expansion of the woman I really am ripping off those band-aids of protective layers and now really intentionally simply being present in every moment. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, that's, well, I mean, you just described the kind of work I do with women because I went through my own, you know, dismantling, I don't know, uh, that would be 15 17, 18 years ago, something like that. And um, actually went through a couple of phases of it and um, dismantling an existing marriage and divorcing and then moving into another relationship that was much more open and much more aligned. And then eventually dismantling that, like dismantling the, the construct of marriage and reconstructing some sense of partnership, partnership, which is, as I understand it, where you are now. What force created that, that, that shift for you? This beautifully is where really your presence into my world began, was in the dismantling. And we had no idea. I had no idea in 
thinking about our time together today, it really struck me on a number of levels that we'll talk about how your entrance into my world, and it was February 4th of 2016, I know it clear as day, Mm -hmm. when your being entered my space, and it would be, um, that was a Sunday evening, and it would be a Monday night that you were holding Women's Temple, and I came for the first time, I knew you instantly, Mm -hmm. and had no idea the impact of that moment would have on the next four years of my life. I still get chills thinking about that moment. Yeah. I remember the chills, Arlia. I remember like tearing up emotionally when our eyes met. And I had no idea what was happening to me at the time. I now know on every level of my being, I knew you. And in every place of my life, that meeting was an initiation into a whole new reality. And I'm sure we'll get into more of the details of the deconstructing and how that all came about. But that moment was a jumping point for everything changing in my world. Mm -hmm. And so what was that process like over the four years? Was it just a, was it a gradual knowing that uh, something had to shift? Was it, was it, you know, talk about the um, awakening to, um, a new, a different you, a different version of you mm. or, or your relationship to ma- marriage and relationship as we know it to, it's culturally. Yeah, it, it was a seemingly gradual process and yet being in it myself, it didn't feel gradual. It felt like I, I had felt for a lot of my marriage that the day was going to come, that it was going to be done and I would move on. And so that was always moving in the back of myself, not at the forefront. I wasn't seeking to be done. We weren't arguing. We weren't not getting along. It was more that our lives were taking different directions. I met you. I met a community of people who were mystics and healers and oracles and shamans. And I felt home. The There were two sides of that. There was the side of I was home and I was no longer in a space of wife and mother and sister and daughter and leader of women in the way I had been. I was now Jacqueline. And I really suddenly had the space in meeting you and this subsequent community of people to bring all of that through, to bring a brand new expression, the mystic, the, the erotic, the sensual, the, the intuitive so many layers, the feminine, there were so many pieces. And in the background, what began happening was this separation and disconnect even more and more and more with time of the energy that really had very little life in it at that point, but was still holding, quote, our marriage together. And that was raising a family, building the life, climbing the ladder, having the home, you know, taking care, really, really family, that selfless sort of service that is not only selfless in the beautiful way that the world sees it and thinks it's right, but is selfless literally in the absence of inner 
substance, or at least it was for me. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people who are living the role and trying to get it right, the same is true. I found the same thing in the, in the role. I I was, there was a lot of love in my life and I'm I'm going back 17, Mm -hmm. 18 years. There was a lot of love in my life. There was no trauma in the outward sense. It was, it was the inner, it was the inner disconnect. It was the misalignment for my inner self that I, I wasn't living. I wasn't living mm-hmm. from the soul. I, she had no outlet. And not because it wasn't given to me, but because I didn't know how to reconcile this life that didn't fit me with the, you know, the, the deep, rich feminine mm-hmm. that was living inside me. So it was, it was, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's challenging and I say this all the time in temple. It, it seems foreign to us to be able to live in community with women in that rich, varied um, life because we, we've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten how to do that. You know, it, and it's not that it's incompatible with, you know, the relationships we had, but, it is in the sense that we, those relationships didn't hold it for us, didn't contain, we weren't integrated with those. So, Yeah, as there was something you said at the beginning of that, and you began to say my inner, and you said disconnect. And in that space, that pause, I heard and felt desert. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I experienced for myself was this longing for you also use the language of the richness mm-hmm. of the feminine and the lushness. And I, anytime I talk about this, I see her moist, dark soil, you know, those deep earthy layers. And there was an absence of that for me. It was much more of the, the sort of in the house, concrete world, suburban life, mothering the children a lot on the outside. And so the inner was a bit abandoned, frankly. And like you, I didn't know that. I didn't know something was missing. I knew I was hungry. Mm -hmm. But beyond intimacy, I knew I was hungry for more intimacy. I didn't know what all of those beautiful tendrils of the feminine and the mystic and the erotic and the sisterhood and the guy in earth and that sacred temple energy all of which are me. It wasn't because those are all the things out there. It's because that's what was stirring and calling from inside of myself. And I had the expansion, but during those four years, I also immediately had a vision of Inanna and knew I was going into the underworld. I, I knew I was going to be encountering and passing through those seven gates of being stripped bare. And that is the process that led to the sort of tipping point in this last December, January of completely burning down our old expression, frequency, container, mandate of marriage as we've known it. And it doesn't happen for anybody going, everybody going through a process of disillusion, disillusion. but you did come to f- discover that your partner was willing to, 
to take this journey with you, wasn't he? Miraculously, miraculously. And we've spoken about it since then. We're now six months into saying, okay, we're going to completely turn our lives upside down. We're going to change everything. And we are going to find a new way to navigate this world that cultivates polarity and eros and pleasure and wealth of every kind. And for, for these six months, we have been arduously at times because we cleaned out a house of 16 years. We sold it. We relocated. And devotedly taking those steps. And he, I'm coming back around to when we have talked about it, he has said, if I had known the full picture and we had come to this point anytime sooner, I wouldn't have done it. And so it's my movement, but I will own that it's my movement in listening to at first subtle and then very loud and now again subtle energetic now nuances of take this next step and it terrified the I don't know if you swear on here but it's my favorite f word (laughs) terrified the fuck out of me when I first started getting very clear guidance you need to say this you need to speak this you need to bring forth your next I call it radical truth because for every stage that I was in, that speaking was radical. And sometimes I would know I needed to speak and it would take two or three weeks before I was given the language and open the space. And then it would be just a couple days. And I would know, I would weep, I would toss it around inside of me. And eventually the words came and they weren't always polished. Sometimes they were sobbing, but I had to get the language out. And it was divinely timed that he said, um, you know, we're going to talk about, I'm writing a book and I'll be sharing all of the pieces. Mm -hmm. And there was one final piece that when I spoke it to him, I was sure I was sure we were already talking divorce and I was sure that was it. And he looked at me in the eye and he said, I love you unconditionally, Jacqueline. Mm. And I know we are meant to be together. And for another two weeks, I still said, I don't know. I can't feel it. I got to go. I have to go. And that process turned him into a whole different expression of himself. And he did say, yeah, I want to do this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it takes, but I'm in for whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about such incredible, I just like this, I feel this, whew, this inner fire, this alignment, this, you know, I, I call it integrity, that intense integrity and congruence. Mm. And it is, it is terrifying to walk that line. And yet but the rewards Massive. And and I didn't see them coming. If you asked me a year ago, if you asked me six months ago, if you even asked me probably three months ago, I still, I I was going forward and what I knew was the right movement for me. But I don't know if I still believed I would be now six months later feeling such deep love 
and devotion for this man. I haven't felt that for him for a very long time. I, I know what you're talking about. There's something that happens when you get that um, that honest. It's it is magical, and mm-hmm. I, I, I it's odd to say being honest is magical, but it really is because it it um it opens it's a portal to more to more intimacy. It's like there's not there's not shit in the way that you can't see, but you can feel, and everybody can feel, and you don't know what it is. But suddenly, it's clear. It's just clear energy yes well talk about um talk about energy for me um and the energetic work you've been doing because i know it shifted for you in the last year you know as i moved through these pieces i was doing energy work with clients Mm -hmm. it was so alive in me i was doing energy work with clients i was feeling energy move when I was intimate with either women that I love or other ways of being in the world and in my interior self, and I would feel things coming up and healing and moving. This time and space of life, it's not about that kind of healing. It's more about, I'm, I'm literally back where I grew up. I'm I'm in my roots and in the roots of my ancestors going back to the first settlers of New England that came from England. I'm, I'm here in all of it. And so the energy that's underlying is peace and contentment. It's a very different vibration and it's peace and contentment at the core in being who you are and self mastery, which is that, integrity and alignment with myself, not some standard outside of me, whether it's family or religion or the neighbor next door or my partner or my children. And wrapped around that, this beautiful, luxurious wrapping that just enfolds that core is luxury and pleasure and ease and wealth and decadence and depth and stillness It's these just absolutely for my system, for my energy, these delightful decadent layers of who I am and how I'm living interwoven with wisdom and radical truth and lovemaking and movement and ocean waves and deep forest energy. That's how I'm feeling energy move now. It feels like it's my most basic Jacqueline Frost Robinson signature of Eros in how I move through this world. Signature was the word that came to me before you said it. Cause we, we, we that's how we work. <laughs> that is exactly how we work. And you know, what came to me as I was speaking that, and I remembered it just a few days ago um, is you and I were walking on a farm in Southern Georgia in the woods Mm -hmm. of that farm. And I said to you with absolute delight, Arlia, I fuck life. That's who I am. That's what I do. I I fuck life. Remember? I knew you would. And those are the kind of moments you and I have had. And that's the kind of radical truth I live. And that equals exactly what I'm experiencing now. 
I have found that I have known these things. I've written about them for years. And now I'm the living embodiment of them. Now I live it in my cells. I don't just know it in my system through remembrance. It's active embodiment. And and you've told me recently that, that you've released released spirituality and it feels like what you're what you've moved into is an embodied living an embodiment of fucking life right you were just you were just living it um so do you identify with spirituality anymore and if so does it have a role and or is that your spirituality that is my spirituality and i think we talked about the deconstructing of the marriage. Part of that was a deconstructing of all of the identities Mm -hmm. I took on over time to be this person, to answer that desert and bring moisture. And now my being is so ripe and juicy alive. All of that stuff now feels a little bit like a program. And so I killed my sacred was the language that I use. I killed my sacred. And that was, I began to find that my spirituality, that sacred energy that so fed me and expanded me now was a container Mm -hmm. of how you have to be in those roles. And so I just, like I see that as, you know, this pyre of a dead corpse and sending it out to sea and lighting it on fire and just letting it go. And what I feel now, it's so great that you asked this question because it's almost like I've been surprised in the last week or two, like, oh, is that some of that sacred coming back? And does it belong here? And what is it now? And it's an embodiment now. It's not a practice. It's not maintenance of my spirit, of my energy, of my being. I don't need to maintain that. I embody it. And now it's a living, moving, breathing, loving, fucking, writing, walking. Mm -hmm. Eros. And that is my spirituality. I love that. I mean, that's what I talked about last time about, uh, I mentioned last time in my the last episode about um, where we are, where I am at the Women's Sanctuary. And it's the very same mm. thing. Like, I'm still here. All my energy is still here. The gifts are still here. But all of that work, work, the, of course, the, the meeting in the physical is not likely or possible at the moment. But if it was, I'm not sure I'd want to. It's mm. it's it's um all those forms have fallen away, and it, it can be very disorienting to have those forms of well, um, in, in the shamanic work they call it ego identities. So even the spirituality can get hijacked into ego identities. But yeah, all those forms are falling away, and what we're left with is who we are, and you can't run from that. <laughs> you can't, and when when you stop running from that. What I found, and I believe is true for every being when they really deprogram, Mm -hmm. is that being our inner essence, our true self, is exactly what we've been craving. Yes, It's that. I craved Jacqueline the whole time. 
And I'll, I'll weave in another piece, which is really coming into some truth in how my inner feminine and masculine were relating Mm -hmm. has been a huge part of this experience for me because I was looking for the masculine outside of me Mm -hmm. to be the answer. And in the course of this underworld journey, I learned in a very sharp way that that's a bullshit path and it doesn't hold up. And I believe part of my partner, my, he still is my husband, although we energetically really divorced, we put all that to bed. Part of his yes is that I had to shift my relationship with the masculine so that I could sense, receive, be with him. And that's not on him. Yeah. Yeah, you, you come whole. Yes. Mm, that's amazing. So where are you going? <laughs> where, where are you going? <laughs> There's so much in that question. I love your questions, Arlia. And it's so great that for as intimately as we know one another, you are bringing these questions. Because in my everyday life, you know, we, we were living in Atlanta for 16 years. We're back on the coast of New England, which is home for us. And we're really only here for a season. Mm-hmm. We know beyond a doubt we'll be doing something else come probably November. And we have no idea, no plan, no forethought what that is. For, for my outer life, that is exhilarating. Yeah, and absolutely. It is to me too. It's so alive. It's like pulsing with that dripping, juicy eros. And I love it. Internally, where I'm going is I've cultivated this deep connection with my masculine. And I call him, per his gift to me, the commander. And so in this intimacy with my own masculine, the commander, where I'm going is that he is continually giving me the pieces, which are a frame for my art, my art being how I move through my day, how I dress, how I connect with people, how I carry myself, how I paint my world. And the biggest piece right now is I have known for years, I will write a book, my story, my life. Mm -hmm. And part of what has kept that on hold is how, what angle do I come from? Where, where does this, I mean, what do I possibly say? Is it here or here or about this or that or what? And he is consistently, every time I ask, he's giving me now the frame for me to create the art. And that is the most I know about where I'm going is I'm creating the art. Mm -hmm. Well, part of that question is, well, if you're totally embodied, you don't know where you're going, right? You're just following the next right step. Yes. But I love the way you you describe the inner masculine and feminine because it takes me back to, um, well, the, the, the masculine and feminine in general, but also how we describe practice and temple is the masculine creates the structure in Mm. which the feminine can freely flow. And that flow is, is 
well, it, it is whatever it is in the moment, but it can be, um, it can be huge and fast and mm. exuberant. Um, and with the right river banks, it, it's just allowed to flow freely. It's not thwarted. It's not stopped. It's just going. And actually it can carve new river banks, but, but it's, it's given, it, it is the freedom and the riverbanks help give it form. What I love about you bringing that in is it takes me right back to when we were bringing temple practice to women and the beautiful synergy that was always present for us where the pieces that you had we're complemented by the energies that I carry. Each of us are energies complementing one another and creating a structure in which women could come and free flow and open. And we watched women do this. We felt ourselves do this. And here we are today. I mean, I also go back to being at that farm and we wrote page after page after page around the Aphrodite energy four years ago, knowing we were going to be key feminine catalysts Mm -hmm. for women to come into their own feminine. And it didn't look like we thought it would, but we have done it. And here we sit today in the next iteration and expression and layer of cultivating that practice and partnership of masculine feminine that is the whole self yeah and and what i love about this time is that it isn't anything we imagined but thank god because because we were it's it's i don't want to judge the past but from this perspective it looks very limited you know like we can't even imagine the um and I'm just going to, I'm going to speak to us, yes. not the 3D world. It's an, it, it's an extraordinary opportunity where the chaos creates just a return to integrity because we don't have, we don't have the external structures. We were asleep, right? We were asleep mm. in the structures and we don't have those anymore to, to tell us what to do. We are now right back here. Right back and, here. Um, I mean, it's even, you know, it's hard to find the words for it, right? Because it's so extraordinary and powerful and, uh, and f- liberating. Liberating. Yeah. I keep finding myself coming back to that energetic, liberating. And I see it in myself. I see it in my partner. I see it in the way that we are living life. It's so liberated. And that is a perfect state of being for the true self to pulse with that raw primal life force. We all, one way or another, desire. Would you call that the liberation of 5D? I think it could be called that. That's not my language, but I I, I definitely think that relates. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yeah, I'm just pondering the just the dichotomy of of what's out there physically and and situationally and and yet it energetically it's it is it's like the training wheels are off and we're just we're just rolling. We're just we're just going, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like we're flying. Yes. And I would say as you speak that I kind of did the internal check-in and for me, it's the interior life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get the 5D part. And when I, when I relate to 5D, somehow it comes outer. But when I mm. speak of my interior life, that's where I begin to feel those riverbanks expand mm. and the waters just flow because that's what sets the tone. I love that because it does come back to that. Mm. I think I, f- I feel that that freedom to, to yeah, be be an integrity, and um, and live that in the outer world from that center point. Yes, yes, because if you have that within, you might feel the bumps, you might have pause, you might be pushed back a little bit in moments, but always aware and sometimes by up leveling or expanding you become aware in a different way but you can become aware of how to return to your alignment and it's not about staying there it's about having the tools the presence the desire to return to center which is the mastery of self your self mastery is very different than mine and both potent and beautiful. And that's how we thrive and unfurl our everything in a liberated expression and presence in this world. Mm. I want to talk now about the scarlet letter energy. That's something you and I share. Tell me about that, how that lives in you. I have, I have like shivers that just are going down the back of my body. It's an, it's just yet another layer of our fucking unbelievable connection. I learned, so I met you in early 2016 and instantly, I mean, we were pretty inseparable and have stayed that way. Even in our movements of life, there's always this bond and I will just say for our listeners, I have a scarlet letter tattoo. So exactly. So yes. And, and, and I'm bringing that in. And so I remember the first time meeting you and we sat down, we were having coffee and um, it, like really meeting you intimately sitting down with you and you showing me that you have this scarlet letter on your uh, left upper chest over your breast. And it's an A and it's red and it's vibrant and it's out there. And I remember just being so like, holy fuck, wow. (laughs) I had been just, um, I can't think of the word that I want, but enthralled with Mm. the scarlet letter and erotic literature and sexuality and scandal and all of this 
the entirety of my life. Mm -hmm. So meeting a woman who's sitting in front of me with the scarlet letter tattooed on her body was surreal and an absolute turning point of my reality. Mm, I never knew that. I didn't at the time either. I both did and did not. And it would be a year later that my aunt is a historian and has like, I have binders full of our ancestry. Mm -hmm. She posted on Facebook that the real life woman that Nathaniel Hawthorne based Hester Prynne's character on Mm -hmm. is my ancestor. Oh my God. And was... Like, blow your mind, Arlia. I not only know a woman who is living that and has it tattooed on her body in everyday real life, it's in my blood. Mm-hmm. And to carry that further, the woman's name was Mary Magdalene Bailey Beetle. Oh, my goodness. Like it renders me speechless. Yeah, I was like, I have nothing. I've got nothing. That's incredible. (laughs) And there are pieces of my own story that I'm not going to get into in this moment. But when I write my book, this is a key element that both meeting you and having the scarlet letter woman, adulteress, affair, scandal, judgment, morals, all these things, shame and guilt, and just being completely publicly humiliated Mm -hmm. for being herself, Mm -hmm. for being herself, for feeling her own arrows, for living according to the integrity of the alignment, that's right, of her own inner signature, shivers down my back. And for those who can't see, Arlie and I happen to be on video while we do this. And each of us are bringing that hand right down the center of being. It's an unreal turn of events. I could not have seen it coming. And that's part of the frame my masculine keeps dropping in for writing this book. I now know I'm reclaiming the energy of the femme fatale, Mm -hmm. who quite frankly scared the fuck out of me. When I first came face to face with that archetype and ran from her, ran from myself. And so connecting, first of all, with you and all that ensued following that, connecting with my lineage and that being in my line, feeling myself move. I understand now I, I am going to cleanse the bullshit, shame, and guilt out of the erotic woman being scorned for living in her own integrity when it doesn't match somebody else's. Yes. I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. Yes. <laughs> it, it's it, past time. It's, it's past time. And I didn't see this coming. Like I had pieces of it, you know, I'm reclaiming my sexuality and I'm opening and, you know, I blah, 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 blah. I could put all the things on it, but I couldn't feel the depth of that alignment with integrity and the embodiment of it. I couldn't feel it until now. And I believe I had to go through all these experiences, initiation after initiation, to be able to not just tell the story, but a woman 
who carries that intense frequency of arrows had damn well better know who she is, master her own energy, and know, have opened the deep abyssal portal Mm. to her own power so she can hold the telling of it. That is what I didn't have until now. Cannot wait for that book. (laughs) It's going to be a page turner. You know, it's such a big energy and um, it's, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't, I've had intentions of writing a book for years and mm-hmm. I had, I also haven't been able to wrap my energy around fully what it looks like, how that scarlet letter, how that Hester print energy looks mm-hmm. fully. I mean, I feel like I'm fully standing in my power and my arrows and my, my Aphrodite and yet to really fully be able to um, stripping away the layers, it's the Anana layers, it's stripping away mm. all of the culture from that, from that archetype into true integrity is, has, been, has been a challenge for me. And so I look forward to seeing where this takes you. It's reclaiming the power of the feminine eros, the feminine um, womb power you know, to ourselves and the, and the freedom of the liberation and the ability to live it as we choose. Mm. Yes. Yes. I feel that as, as you speak it, what I see is these layers of the earth where it's deeply embedded and it's now rising. The cycle has completed and that, harvest, if you will, of her true potent life force is here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so coming back to your scarlet letter, there's no doubt in my mind, your energy and mine coming together is a massive, cosmic activation Mm -hmm. that is continuing you know like a a kind of fireworks display that just keeps going it continues going in ways we don't see coming including this right now sitting here having this conversation four years ago when we were in the dining room of that farmhouse with easel board paper we had no writing and writing all of this feminine erotic energy, we had no idea mm-hmm. that now we would be sitting here having this conversation, living our deep, rich embodiment of that. That's, that's what happens when you're true to the moment, when you're true to the energy moving. You know, it, it, it lays every moment, lays the foundation for what's to come. And that's what, that's what, that's what trust looks like. Yeah, trust, trust, which I would have said not so long ago in the divine or in God. Mm. And now I will say trust in the divinity of this woman I am. Yes. I trust I her. And- That's right. That's right. She is a God, goddess. 
not that. And that's what I also let go of. I lived the fluffy goddess. Mm-hmm. I lived the goddess on the outside out here, how she impacts the community. I'm a fucking walking, potent, dripping wet, do not fuck with me goddess now who knows and is not running from her power. Okay, Kali. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Kali, alive and well in you. I love it. Has been. She has been. Yes. I love it. Anything else you want to share? I just love you. I, I, I feel, you know, for women listening, you don't know where anything is going. Trust what you feel in the moment. And if it changes in five minutes, so be it. So be it. Don't judge it. Don't break it down. And don't force it. You know, there's this beautiful correlation of moving energy, power versus force. Mm-hmm. Power is the ability to stand in the alignment of your integrity. Mm-hmm. Force is that old way of, I need to process, I need to do, I need to practice, I need to meditate, I need to this, this, and this. And truly taking a breath and coming into yourself is all you need to do in that moment. And listen, get still and listen. And if you can't hear what's next, do the next pleasure item on your list. It'll come. Yeah. Yeah. Or do nothing. Or do nothing. Pleasure item might be, which is very high on my list these days at the beach with the wind blowing through my windows, Mm -hmm. lay in your bed, Mm -hmm. be luxurious. Let yourself luxuriate in the ways you desire. Lay in your bed, lay on the earth, walk, breathe, be quiet. Doesn't matter. Make love. Make love. Do you. Oh, I love you, Jacqueline Robinson. I was just literally feeling, I love you, Arlia Hoffman. Um. So keep us in keep us informed of of the next the next evolution of Jacqueline Frost Robinson. I I know I am not alone in wanting to know how this mm-hmm. how this evolves for you. Thank you, and I will. I will. Um, and for our listeners who might want to be in touch with you or know more about you, how can they do that? Find me on Facebook, Jacqueline Frost Robinson. That's the the easiest way to connect with me. And then if it goes deeper from there, then let's go. At some point, I will work again with clients. I I am in a summer of stillness per order of the commander. And when the time is right, I will open those doors again and um, move into the depths with new clients. Excellent, because I, I know that your, your work with clients is extraordinary and um, life-changing. Thank you. I, I love you. I love that you're doing this. You have a voice uh, the world needs to hear. And sitting here watching you, it's so natural. And what a beautiful legacy you are carrying on. Thank you. 
Thank you, my love. Mm. For my guests, Jacqueline Robinson and I, thank you for being here, and we will see you again next time on the Women's Sanctuary. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.